Welcome to Australian Hunger, I am your host Ben. In this episode I have an interview with Perth Doomgaze band Skull Cave. This is the second episode and I'm really excited about this one because it not only means that I got past this, uh, just doing a first episode but also it's going to be a clearer vision of where I actually want the show to go. First episode was really special, something new for me entirely, I'd never done an on location interview and it's really exciting to be able to have such a raw connection with the bands that you know, I was interviewing on the day, but also kind of representatives of the bands I'm going to be interviewing over this entire podcast. But as fun as it was, it was exhausting, and it was also it's not exactly what I want the show to be as a normal kind of operating process. In going to the show, it's great you get to talk to the bands, be there in person, and it's easier to have a conversation with people in person. You kind of get a better feel from their emotions, you can play off each other better, and they can possibly be more comfortable with you because they're used to having conversations with people to a certain extent, and and it can be a bit off-putting to have a first conversation with someone who you've never met, and then they're asking questions about your life and what the hell you're doing. So that, I think that's a really good part of talking to someone in person. But but not having them in a studio where you can control for the environment, also you've got better recording equipment, the sound wasn't great. This episode, hopefully, I'm sort of putting forward as like a thesis of statement of at least where I want the interview portions of this show to go. I want to have interviews with people that go on for an extended period of time and we can get a, into a good amount of detail. And also, and so far, all the bands that I've talked to over the phone have been really, really supportive of this aspect of where I want the podcast to go. They've allowed me to include their music in the podcast, which I think is really good. Working back at the radio station, obviously, we didn't have to ask permission to do that because we had a a music license to broadcast whatever music was freely released in Australia. I don't have copyright permissions to release people's music on my podcast if they haven't actually given me permission. So I really appreciate all these bands giving me permission to include their music, and I hope that this kind of a really mutually beneficial thing, that not only does it improve my podcast, but also it really gives people a flavor for the music that actually relates to the bands that I'm interviewing. It's one thing for a band to talk about their music, and even some of the most descriptive bands, the bands with the greatest sense of where they fit into either the the tradition of music or just ability to explain the emotive, the melodic aspects of their music, it still is very difficult to really convey those kind of ideas to people who have never really heard your music unless you actually have some sort of degree in music and you have a really deep understanding of the theory and they also have their deep understanding of the theory which they can use to elaborate and explain the music it's very difficult to get like a sense of like you say it's black metal or you say it's death metal but what does that actually mean? What's the what, 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 how they play the, the guitar? What, what how they play the drums? What is their vocalist like? Is are they a, a old school vocalist? Are they a sort of more mon vocalist? Do they have extremely guttural vocals? All that stuff. Well, you can sort of say it. It really won't capture what is actually going on. So that's that's one of the aspects I'm really loving about some of the episodes that I'm currently putting together is that I can do that. I've also <laughs> I also had a really great opportunity. I asked a question of Jay about a particular aspect of the music. And I could, instead of just referring to it and that he responds to the question, I actually put in a sample of 
the bit of the song that I was talking about, which is really exciting for me because it's kind of a higher quality of interview, a more produced interview rather than some of the interviews that I've done in the past where it's really a matter of me just doing it, putting it out there. This is an interview, but it also has elaboration. It also has stuff going on which really extends the interview just beyond Jay or whoever and myself talking. So I'm really excited about that. I'm going to talk a little bit later after the interview in this podcast about who I am, some of my experiences, like what kind of music I like, all that sort of stuff, so you can get to know me a bit better as the host of this show. But I think without further ado, let's get to the interview. So Skull Cave is a band from Perth. Really, really awesome stuff because they're combining in a really interesting way, which I don't know is being done specifically. They're combining kind of alternative rock like shoegaze with... With like a, a, a post-metal, a doom metal, that, that kind of stuff. It's all these aspects of music have been flowing together, but I don't think it's really been put together in quite the way that they're doing it, which is really exciting stuff. They released an album back in September called Fear, and that's mainly what we talk about. We also go over the live show they're performing um, as of the release of this episode. It was yesterday. I live in Melbourne, so I'm going to have to wait till they come down to the East Coast. But, you know, there'd be an amazing opportunity to see them perform this material live. Particularly the last song, Bleak. Almost 20 minutes. Really, really amazing song. And I think just watching them go through that entire track would really be an outstanding experience. I really thank Jay for taking the time to talk to me. Particularly the fact that there's no fucking episode out when I actually approached him. He, he can't say, oh, this is what Ben's been doing. I can I can uh, look at that. No, I'm just doing a podcast. And he gave me half an hour of his day to just talk about this music. I really appreciate that. And um, yeah, I thank, I thank him so much. The song in the middle of the interview is called Next Earth. And the song at the end of the interview is called Forgiving both from their latest album, Fear. Uh, I want to start back at the beginning. How did the band come about? Um, well, so it was uh, 2014. I'm pretty sure we started um, started working on this project. Um so Liam and uh, and myself and our and our other bandmate um, Steve, um, we, we were in another band previously, and as that one as that one uh, sort of finished up, we we decided that we wanted to do something, um, you know, a little bit more ambitious um, in in terms of um, you know like song structures and dynamics and things like that, um, and we're also getting into a lot of the the slower, heavier, uh, more sort of post metal area um of of composition in terms of the sort of bands that we were getting into at the time so like uh, you know paul barrow was was a real shot in the arm for us um although i wouldn't necessarily call them um post-metal but um you know bands like isis was a really big one for us um you know like mastodon as well was another one that um we hadn't really listened to up till you know up till maybe a year or two prior to, to starting skull cave so we're relatively uh, we got into that sort of music relatively late, I suppose, you know, but um, but it had a real profound impact on us. And then um, certainly on a on a local level, we started going and seeing um, great Australian acts like um, like Tangled Thoughts of Leaving uh, and Drowning Horse, um, who were who were both massive influences straight off the bat, just because. Uh, 
yeah, we hadn't really been exposed to those kind of acts, even on a local level, you know, bands that were, um, that were, that were pushing themselves in that direction that were making that, that were making music that, um, you know, that, that, you know, like, I mean, they still had, um, you know, what, you know, standard sort of, I suppose, you know, that there are pop sensibilities in there, you know, there are still similar, um, techniques of, that they use in their songwriting, but we hadn't seen bands that were really pushing in, in, in that direction, which were, um, you know, elongated tracks, you know, really creative use of vocals or not using vocals at all. Um, you know, really experimenting with dynamics, you know, there was no, there wasn't as, as much as I know that there are rules in place with, with that sort of music. I mean, there are, there are certainly rules in place with our music as well. Um, but it seemed a lot more, uh, emotive than a lot of the acts that we had seen at the time. So, so we started pushing in that direction. Um, and we put out, um, two EPs in 2015, um, and then we started working on our album and, um, and yeah, I mean, it took, you know, every bit of, um, well, I mean, you know, it took, took two years to, to write and record and then another year of, um, you know, settling how exactly we wanted to do this, you know, and, and, and to get it, get it ready to go. Um, and, um, and yeah, and <laughs> that pretty much brings us up to where we are. But, um, but yeah, I mean, the years, the years following our, um, our uh, our second uh ep which was was climbing i mean all of a sudden we were playing with bands like you know like heroes you know so like high on fire um i actually got to to guitar tech from matt pike at, at the gig that we supported with him and that was um he taught me a lot in a very short space of time just from um you know talking with him about his his setups and his instruments and things like that um, we supported Windhand and Cough. Uh, we supported Conan and Weed Eater, uh, Acid King. Um, so, so uh, Baroness was another one that we that we had. Um, there was so, so there were lots and lots of acts that were coming over to Perth at the same time, um, and we just sort of, you know, we, we happened to be, I guess, um, on our way up at the same time. So, so, so we were lucky to. to not only be getting into those acts, but to be getting advice from those, and you know, advice from those acts as well. Um, the other big one was was uh, was Elder uh, came over, and and they were they were really really helpful, just like just just chatting with him about what they do, you know. So it was really good. With the name Skull Cave, where does that come from? Uh, initially, it came from um, from Phantom Comics. Um, you know, we wanted, we did want um, to have uh, a band name that um, represented uh, learning and, and ego and and uh, and things like that. And that's um, you know that was where 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 the Phantom would go to do that. Um, and yeah, the name the name Skull Cave to us represents um, the place where your brain sits. Um, you know, and and that's a, a large part of. Um, of what our music is about is about is about learning and, and learning on learning and, and learning from each other and communication as I said ego um and um certainly emotions um you know and uh uh you know and 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 things around um you know mental health and issues with that so you know things like depression and anxiety and um and just you know it's so so the it, it's um, it's 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 about uh, you know learning about about yourself and learning to harness it in a positive way you know and that's um, you know I would say that's largely the ethos of the of the band so so yes Skull Cave was 
um, was supposed to you know represent that. And I think um, lots of people um, initially hearing the band Skull Cave and, and given where we are a heavier act, um, probably, you know, I mean, it, it, it does, I mean, it, it immediately, you know, seem like, you know, blunt force trauma or something like that, you know, but which, which is, which is totally fine if people think it's that too. Um, but, um, yeah, to us, it's all about, about the, the mind and, and, uh, and what you can achieve with it. So I obviously listened to the back catalogue, the 2015 EPs, the Bleak Live album, and the Fear album. And it's really interesting because we start off with the 2014 demos, then the 2015 EPs. They kind of got a sound. I mean, climbing is a, a bit more heavier. Um, but then you really sort of step it up for Bleak and then the the rest of the album. Talk a little bit about what happened between 2015 and 2017, 20, uh, 2018. Well, I mean, lo- lots of things were happening in our lives at the time. I mean, I think I think um, you know we we were each each release that we've had, um, we've been very conscious of trying to um, to push our own boundaries out that little bit further. So just on a on a on a on a, on a you know, on, on a simplest way of looking at it, you know, to 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 have the ability to become um, a lot quieter and a lot nicer, as well as to become, um, you know, more aggressive and more, um, you know, like, you know, certainly, you know, louder and more physical and things like that. So, as each as each release has come along, we've we've definitely definitely and and and, and with our composition as well, we've definitely tried to continuously. Um, you know, uh, expand that to expand our um, our um, yeah our parameters, I suppose. Um, and uh, so, so what was happening from to answer your question, to, to, from what was happening from the the the, the climbing EP? Um, I mean, lots of stuff was happening in our in our personal lives. You know, um, I had a really long term relationship which um, which which ended, which was um, you know obviously you know you know any, anyone that's been through that kind of thing you know it's, that's a really hard thing to, to work with uh, I'm still really really great friends with her which which is fantastic as well um, you know like I um, had, had battles of my own uh, mental health in a really big way um, on a you know the, the really really big turning point for me was um, I, I found my mate in the in the middle of a, of a suicide attempt and and so that became a huge influence on um, on our writing, and again, I mean, he's he's completely fine now as well, and that became part of the writing too about you know recovery and and uh, and hope and um, and learning to um, to become stronger, you know, to to let this negativity make you stronger, um, you know, like uh, in in Liam's in Liam's personal life, there was um, you know a very very uh, close important friend of his was going through um, you know cancer treatment and things like that, so. There, there were lots of things like this, which were, which were inspiring, which were inspiring us, and and in, in inspiring us to, to not take things for granted, definitely, um, but also to, um, to allow time for, um, for these kind of things to, um, to, to, you know, to, to, to figure out how, how to, how to continue to go on you know what i mean to to grow from it to become stronger you know and and these aren't things which are like switching a light switch you know these things take months or years for you to fully understand and comprehend um what happened 
you know, you know what I mean? Like at, at the because at the time of of those kind of events, it's almost you. It, it's I mean, it's shock, you know. And then as uh, as time passes, you get better at it and you learn from it. And so I think I mean that's probably was it was it, you know, like the, the, those those um, those you know traumatic events. Um, you know, certainly inspired the different kinds of dynamics that we would use, the light and the shade, the quiet and the loud, um, you know, and, and then certainly the physical nature of our, of our live set came into play a lot as well. But also our songs started becoming longer, you know, like we, you know, as, as we understood that these things take more time, our art also, beca- you know, became longer and started taking more time. Um, and that's um, – so, I mean, that was – the main things and then and then starting to work with um ron pollard who who produced our record you know like getting a lot of advice from him about um about how to approach our composition like that you know he, he gave me some um i've spoke i've spoken about it a lot in interviews recently that he gave me a lot of advice saying that you know you you have to allow the art to reveal itself um and that's um you know that that, that became a, a huge um, huge part of our uh, of our approach with our composition was that you know um, you've got to take the time you've got to think about it you've got to really you know meditate on it and really understand what it is that you're saying um, long before um, you know you're actually picking up an instrument and actually composing music you know you really need to understand what you're trying to say and I think that's um, and that that's had such a huge profound effect on us and 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 I think I really appreciate you saying that it's um, you know that was a big step up between the last EP and this one and and um, I I agree I think there has been um, but I mean it's just because of um, you know we've just dedicated ourselves to understanding the situation you know what I mean like uh, and you know and, and, and we'll hopefully approach the next material with the same amount of um, you know int- intent you know so yeah definitely with the Blake live album um, was Blake yeah an earlier thing you'd written prior to working on the broad album and that's why you no. chose to play it live how had that all come together we're releasing it as a live uh, album track yeah so so we um, Blake was the first song that I'd that I started writing for the record um, and um, and that took that took 12 months to write it. And that was the first time that I'd started all, all of these different, um, all of the different ethos that I was talking about just, just now bleak was the first one that I applied it to. And, um, and it was about, um, you know, it was, it was, it was specifically about, um, you know, an, an anxiety attack and, and, basically it took, took a really long time, um, because, you know, yeah, I would allow myself to to wait until I was um, in that frame of mind, and then would write in that frame of mind, you know, and 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 take notes in that frame of mind, and really structure a bit of a timeline um, around what happens um, during that time, you know. And so, because it was my first time appro- approaching it in this way, it took it definitely took longer. Um, and then um, at the end of the 12 months, um, when I was really happy with where it was at and when we were really happy with where it was at, when, you know, in the rehearsal room and stuff like that, and then we started performing it live. Um, and we got a really good response from people um, straight away, which was really good. 
Um, and then we knew that it was too long to be, you know, sort of a standalone single. And we also knew we wanted it on the album, but we didn't want to give it away too much. Um, so we decided to do like a, the live take. And, and there was a, there's a 360 VR video that goes along with that as well of, of the session of us in the studio um, doing it. And it was more of just one, um, uh, you know, letting our audience know where we are headed um, uh, stylistically and things like that. But it had also been quite a, it had also been quite a while before we had, um, since we had put anything out, you know. Um, so, um, yeah, we just wanted to make sure that, that um, something was out there and people could hear it and people could know that we're still working and, and all of that sort of thing, you know. But I'm still really, really, really happy with that, um, that session. Um, and um, I'm still really happy with um, with what Ron managed to produce with the album version of the song as well, you know, um, which is, um, I mean, it's exactly the same song, but it's a, it's a different beast altogether, you know. It's really good. Yeah. You mentioned a couple of influences like uh, Mastin, Isis, but, like, broadly speaking, your band doesn't sound quite like any of those. It's, it's really different. It's fusing a lot broader set of influences where, where do those influences come from is it all of you guys bringing different influences is it stuff that you sort of all have in common where, where does that all come from um yeah i mean like uh, we, we i mean i think we, we generally we're, we're kind of sharing music around each other as well the macedon um you know isis paul bearer sort of stuff i mean i think that's probably the you know that, that's the stuff that people have sort of um you know, drawn comparisons to. Um, I'm also a really big, like, classic rock lover, you know, like, um, you know, I don't really consider ourselves to be, a, to, to be a metal act. I think we're sort of more of a heavier rock act, um, you know, like, um, you know, like like anyone, man, you know, like I, I, I love Led Zeppelin, you know, and I love the Beatles and I love the Eagles and, you know, and we, you know things like that, you know. Um, you know, we also really love, um, you know, modern modern punk and hardcore music. We really like, and 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 um, you know, old school music like that as well. We we really like. Um, you know, there's a really great act in Australia called the Hard Ons, and um, you know, we're a really big fan of the Hard Ons. Um, again, because of um, their ability to to choose lots of different, um, they, I mean, they have so many different influences in their act, and that was one of the things when we started getting into those guys was, you know, anything goes, you know, like kind of in the same way that a band like the Melvins do it, you know, um, you know that you can, you can it, it is whatever it is because you're making it, you know, so so that's it's your band, it's your art, you know, it is what it is, um, so. I mean, yeah, and a lot of the time um, when I'm just, like, playing guitar and writing and stuff like that, I mean, I write mostly on an acoustic guitar. Um, I like um, I like the niceties in music. I like, I like um, you know, I like, I like good composition. I like, I like full scope of composition. So, And there's lots, and there's lots of, of metal and lots of heavy music that I really don't like as well, you know, like, and, and I think that's, that's okay too, you know, like, I mean, to, to um, I think as, as, as an artist, I think that if you, if you um, are going in there saying, okay, well, we're going to be a, a black metal band or something like that, and, and no disrespect to anyone to, that plays black metal, it's, it's a great, great, great genre. Um, but if, as, as soon as you start limiting yourself to what it is, like as a genre specific thing as to what you're going to sound like, I think, I think you, you start to limit yourself more and more. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we listen, we listen to lots of different music. Um, and yeah, as I said, like, you know, Classic rock is something that I probably listen to. Um, you know, I've listened, I've grown up with it. You know, acts like Fleetwood Mac and stuff like that. I mean, they're they're still great and they'll always be great. And and um, 
yeah, I mean, and you know, obviously Bowie and and, and you know, all all of, all of the classics. They're just it's it's just so good. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so so I think you know, on the on the record, I mean, there's there's um, there's lots of you know, like acoustic sections and stuff like that, and and that just comes straight out of the classic book song rock. Uh, sorry, classic rock songbook. You know, it's um, you know, the, those artists weren't afraid to um, to put themselves out there like that, and I've always really admired that. Well, you personally, you talked a little bit about writing with an acoustic guitar, writing bleak, getting in a very specific mindset. Outside mm. of bleak, is, do you have a particular process for how you write music, like how you approach trying to generate new ideas or focus existing ideas? Um, I mean, just like, uh, you know, re- really sitting and meditating a lot um, and really thinking about things and, and really... Um, you know, trying to draw parallels between um, different thoughts and stuff like that, you know, like trying to, you know, like if, if, if I'm particularly, um, you know, if, 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 if I'm finding I'm, a, um, I'm in a particular frame of mind about a number of different issues, I'll try and um, you know, draw a bit of a mud map. <laughs> it sounds a bit weird, I know, but draw a bit of a mud map. It's almost like a line graph or something like that between the ways that I react to different things and try and come back to a to a certain point where um, you know I can I can start to I can start to understand um, why I might be thinking a particular way. And when I have an understanding of that, um, then I can start to sort of write about it. Um, you know, I'm sure I'd probably drive the guys up the wall in the rehearsal room sometimes just trying to explain to them exactly, you know, what it is that that um, that we're trying to express. But I think I think that that um, comes across in our music. You know, I think it's 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 it seems, you know, the, the, the intent is very real um, in what we do. Um, and, you know, I also, you know, like I, I, there are particular times um, of the year or particular times of the day, particular kinds of weather patterns that um, that I find very inspiring and I'll, and I'll, and I'll quite often will try and wait for, for, for those, um, for those similarities. I think that that gives my art a bit more of a cohesive nature. I think, um, you know, well, I, I certainly find it, it's easier for me to write in particular scenarios, particular settings, you know, things like that. Um, and, um, and, 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 and I, and I try to, to stick with it um just because i i mean like time time will tell whether it is or it isn't but um just because you know that whole idea of it being you know having your art being cohesive and coming from the same place um yeah i take that sort of thing pretty seriously
one thing that always really fascinates me about bands that write stuff that's deeply personal as opposed to maybe you know death metal acts black metal acts envisaging very foreign scenarios is that when you're writing something deeply personal like you're taking something that which is very sort of singular to you or something that we often try to keep within ourselves and then just letting it free uh tell us a bit like what what that sort of experience is like just putting stuff that's deeply interior for the most part and, and putting it out to the public well it's 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 a cathartic process you know and and um you know you know liam and i are, are very um very fortunate that we have um an outlet like art you know like um you know something that we can use um to 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 try and express it and we have a great desire to try and express it as well you know so um i mean the the, the whole record is is very personal um and um and i think you know what what you know like <laughs> sorry i know i'm stumbling here but um when when um when you've got something that that you can really feel but you can't quite express, I think that's when you can sort of um, end up in a whole world of hurt a little bit, you know, because because um, because as you say, it's internalised and and um, you know it can catastrophize in your head and and things like that, and that's and that and that's and that's when it gets a bit dark. Um, well, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm I'm certainly no stranger to the dark in in that sense, you know, and um, so so. In terms of actually being able to write it and 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 turn it into art, and then to be able to rehearse it, uh, and then to be able to perform it, I mean, yeah, it's 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 insanely cathartic, and it just gets better um, each time that you do it. It just gets better, you know. Like we um, we actually we we took took Bleak out of the set for a little while, and we'll we'll bring it back in now um, from our from our album launch onwards. But you know, coming back to Bleak and and playing it again feels really really good you know at the same time playing bleak uh and the other and the other tracks on the record as well is hard you know it's 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 hard to um to because you have to be there you know you have to be in you have to be in that moment you have to understand um you know you have to be putting yourself back in 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 the frame of mind you were in with what you were writing about you know you have to be able to do that um and so so it is hard but it just it just feels so good you know like when it when it when it works um you know and you really know that you're that you are communicating with your audience and that your audience is with you and that they want to be with you and that and that they trust you to do it as well you know because you you, you know you're dealing with things which are which are which are dark and and confronting and things like that it's it's to have that relationship with your audience and to be able to experience that kind of thing together um, is really powerful and really special. And it's the reason that you keep doing it, you know, like it's, and, 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 and what we have found is um, the more that we've pushed ourselves in that direction, the more we've got from our audience in return, you know, and it becomes, it's, it's definitely a two way street, you know, without, without having an, an audience art would be, um, yeah, Nothing, you know, like it's, it relies so much on the audience, and and um, and we're we're really appreciative of, of of that that we have an audience that that wants to pay attention and wants to listen and wants to be part of it with you, you know. So, yeah, so so it's so it's a very very rich rewarding experience, and we're very very lucky to be able to do it, and we're very lucky to have been able to do it um, now for quite some time, you know. And and as and as we get more into it, it just keeps getting better, you know. It's it's just a very rewarding thing. Where does the album title come from? 
Uh, so FEAR is an acronym for um, Fully Emotional Attack and Retreat, and it's um, I mean, which which um, sums up what we began to, um, you know, when we decided that the title was going to be was going to be fear. Um, you know, it was, we we just we we decided that that was the emotion that um, that summed up a lot of the um, scenarios that we were going through um, as while we were writing the record. Um, and, um, and, 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 you know, we, we became really interested in fear and what it does and, and, um, and, you know, like it's, so fear, um, you know, is, um, certainly a, a, a negative, uh, emotion, but it can make us act and react, um, very quickly, you know, like the, the standard, you know, fight or flight, um, scenario, you know, so to, you know, you can, Fear can can make you unable to get out of bed, but fear can also make you confront um, confront what's bothering you head on, um, you know, right away. You know, like it can, it's um, it's a very very powerful emotion. It's very um, in and 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 you know, in art, I think it's a very inspiring emotion as well. You know, um, and I think um, I think we're often in, as a society i think we're often told to um not live in fear you know and and i think you know like living in australia or i mean particularly living in perth and and being a you know a cis white male you know like a, it's not really something that um you know that we experience fear in a very different way to what um lots of other people do but um, you know, so we're very lucky to be to, to live where we do. But but fear is still a very real thing, and fear is st- still something that we all live with um, to to varying degrees. You know, and and um, and that and that's basically what we you know where we started to you know talk about the album and, and and talk about fear and talk about the way that it influences us and and the way that it influences how we. Um, act and react around people um, almost without even taking notice of it you know so so we started to focus a lot on that and how and how much it, um, it plays a part of what we were going through what about the album cover where does that come from so the album cover um we so there's there's a there's an image on the on the back of the album um which um so liam's mum patricia young she painted for us, um, and um, we gave her a rough idea of what what we wanted the image to to represent, and then sort of let her um, do the painting for it. Um, and it's a really great piece; we we, we love it. Um, and uh, we that was originally on the on the front cover of the record. And, and Liam Liam does um, all of our graphic design, and he he spent a long time um, just going through lots of different uh, lots of different layouts. Um, and then uh, it was actually it was actually really quite late in the in in the creation of the of the artwork that um, that we decided to um, you know take everything off the front cover you know take the band name off the front cover and just have just have um, you know the, the the word fear just in the middle you know we 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 wanted to make something minimalist um, we wanted to make something that was um, you know obvious in its intent as well you know. Um, and um, and I think the um, the way that we've presented it, I, I'm really happy with the way that it looks. Um, I think it, I think I think it's fantastic. And uh, and Liam, I think Liam did a great job. Um, and um, we wanted to do something that was different from other people's albums covers. You know, we wanted to do something which had a lot less in it, had a lot more negative space on it. You know, 
um, and, um, and and the same thing with with the music as well. You know, like as much as there's a lot going on, it's actually quite simple and um, and I think quite you know direct. And I think we wanted the album art to really represent that. Um, and um, so that's kind of how we came about with it. Um, and um, I mean, people seem to seem seem to really like it so far. So um, so that's great. <laughs> definitely, <laughs> but, uh, definitely, yeah. One particular part, obviously, it's a really great album, but one particular aspect of Fear to Hide really stuck out to me. Uh, in the middle and the end, where you have the multiple layers of vocals um, going mm-hmm. over the top of each other. Yeah, well, I mean that 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 part. Um, uh, we had uh, we had, we had experimented with that quite a bit. Um, you know, Liam Liam um, had, had experimented with that uh, a great deal. So 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 uh, Fear to Hide um, was was Liam's uh, lyrics, and um, although we do work on things together, um, you know, a, a lot of that um, was sort of left. Up to up to him um, on on how it was going to go, and um, and and we sort of just like guided it through together. Um, I was uh, we wanted to try and make it um, um, overwhelming, um, you know, like um, you know, largely what Liam has has written about uh, lyrically um, is uh, is about our relationship, um, you know, with 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 the internet and social media and the way that that's changed um, the way that we communicate with one another, and obviously in such a massive way and how overwhelming that is and how confronting that is um, and how, um, how it actually doesn't really represent um, who we are in at all, you know, um, and, and that we're just hit with so much at, you know, at, at, at one time, you know, it, it is an overwhelming thing. And so, um, you know, that was what we were trying to represent there. Um, both with light and shade as well in the vocal lines, um, you know, um, and and the repetition as well, the way it feels the same every time you use it, you know, it's it's it, we're really just trying to to create a um, you know and an, a uh, an auditory version of of that experience of of communicating that way, you know, um, and um, the music behind of it behind it as well. Um, was supposed to represent um or it does represent um arguments and um you know the confusion that goes through through arguing because a lot of the time when you're arguing with somebody it's a lot of miscommunication you know like you're not really hearing each other you're not really listening to one another um in and um you know so 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 that was kind of what we were trying to to represent was it was was miscommunication through a through a communication style which is still relatively new to us, you know. I mean, it's only something that's really come – I mean, it's only within our generation that this sort of thing has really started, you know. So I think we're all sort of coming to terms with how to use it appropriately, you know. 
Um, and uh, and you have to learn how to do it like right now as well, you know. So it's so it's um, yeah. That, that's basically what we were trying to represent through that section was um, yeah was miscommunication through um, you know the main communication source that we have in the world today, you know. So. Mm, that's very very interesting. Talking a little bit about you playing live, um, mm. you're going to be having your album release show next month. H- how do you approach that sort of singularly special show? Um, I mean, you know, to be honest, I mean, pretty much the same way that we approach all of our other shows. You know, I mean, it, it's. Um, I mean, I'd love to be able to say that that um, you know that this is a that this is a one-off show, um, but um, but but they're all one-off shows. You know, like we don't we don't really. We, we we try try not to put to overperform live, you know. Like we, you know, living living in Perth, um, it's it's obviously a much smaller city. Um, it's it's not a small city, but it's it's much much smaller in comparison to the other places in Australia, definitely, or you know, around the world. But um, so we we try not to um, to overexpose ourselves. Um, and um, there was there was there was actually a, a really good article I remember reading. Um, and um, it was with Adele of all people, and uh, she had this line which said, "You've got to give your audience a chance to miss you." And um, I, it really rang home, and 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 we really started to think, okay, well, you know, going out and playing all the time and doing this thing over and over again isn't actually the way that it's really going to have an effect on our audience. You know, we want to we want to limit ourselves. You know, we want to, we want to um, you know, I, I, I when when people ask. Um, about uh, what Skullcaver like as an act if they haven't seen us before I always say that we are a sometimes band you know you're not the band that you're just going to rush out to go and have a good time on on a Friday night or something like that you know like I don't think people necessarily want to feel the way that we make them feel all the time but every now and again it feels really good you know so so with this gig I think we'll just approach it in the same way that we do with our others we try and make it um try and make sure that the music is very physical um try and make sure that we're going to be able to have that connection with the audience um obviously we'll play the album from start to finish and we're really excited to do that um but we've also been doing that recently at our live shows we've been we've been we've been playing the record um and um you know but but that's also just been while we're trying to learn how to do it in a live setting you know um, it's, it's obviously going to be very different from the writing process or rehearsing process. You know, it's a completely different thing. Um, it's also, you know, like you, you learn so much more as an artist, um, particularly if you're, if you're a performance artist, um, when you're on stage, you really start to work out what works and what doesn't. And, and you really need that, um, you know, the experience of having the audience there for you to, to learn that, you know, so, um, yeah, I mean, we'll just we'll approach it the same way as we do the others, and and put the same amount of intent as we do with the others, and and um, you know, and and hope that we get the same response back from our audience. You know, that's all you can do. Are you planning to play elsewhere in Australia anytime soon? Yeah, we are. I mean, we've been chatting with. Um, so, I mean, we're, we're on um, Artist Catharsis, and we're very very proud to be on that label. Um, very proud. I mean, Lachlan is such a great guy, and he's and he's and he's and he's doing so much for the music scene um, in Australia. And I think he's really starting to get a lot of credit for the amount of work that he does as well, which is really good. So we've been talking with him a lot about trying to um, trying to get over to the East Coast. Um, um, obviously, that costs um, a great deal of money, um, you know. But um, but that it is certainly our plan to get over there. Um, and we will just sort of we'll work something out with him, so it's going to be. Um, you know, obviously worth it for us to come across, and in in a way where, um, you know, our audience can come and can find us, and and hopefully that we can we can expand our audience as well. 
um, you know, like in, in, in our previous, in our previous act, um, you know, many, many years ago, you know, we, we toured a great deal and really burned ourselves out on it. And because, because it felt sometimes like you didn't really know even what, what you were doing there in the first place. And that was, a, that was a very different kind of a band. And, um, you know, so, so this one, you know, we, if, if, if we were to tour, we want to make sure that we do it right and, and that we're going to go there and that we're going to have an opportunity to, in, in the, in the same way that when we perform in Perth, you know, we have a really good opportunity to, 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 um, communicate with our audience um, we want to make sure that that's going to be the same case when we come to the East Coast. Um, and I think with Lachlan behind us, I think we're going to be able to do that um, because um, the way that he has represented us so far um, has been um, absolutely top shelf. The, 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 the way, you know, I think we're being represented the, the best way that we possibly could be at this point. Um, and um, we're very, very fortunate for that. You know, we feel very lucky for that. Um, so, yeah, we'll just work with him. I mean, I, I think we've been talking about doing something in January, February, but, um, I mean, it'll, it'll, we'll figure it out as we go, I think, you know, um, just based on, yeah, money and timing more than anything else. Great, definitely look forward to that. Uh, a couple oh, last que- <laughs> A couple last questions about yourself. When do you start yeah, sure. listening to um, like he- heavier music? And I don't exclusively mean like heavy metal, but like music which sort of has that sort of overwhelming kind of force. Um, it would have been, I mean, the, my first introduction to that sort of thing would have been Mogwai, and that would have been about 2011. And um, so that was the first time that I had really started to experience a real music that had like a real physical response on me, you know. Um, and um, so when they released their hardcore "Never Die But You Will," that was about when I when I got into them. And then I um, and then and then I dove right into them, you know. And then it was around about the same time that, um, like I was saying before about Mastodon and ISIS and stuff like that, they kind of started propping up as well. Um, so I mean, yeah, I mean, so I suppose I mean, about the last seven years, I've started to 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 learn more from those kind of artists um, than I would have done previously, obviously. Um, so that was, um, yeah, roughly when all of that sort of thing was starting to kick off. But then it wasn't really until about 2014 that I really started to um, to adopt the same techniques that I was hearing in those music in, in their art and, and start to, you know, put it into my own, you know. So, um, yeah, it was around about that time. When did you start playing guitar? Uh, I was eight, so, um, and I'm 31 now. Um, so I've been playing for a really long time. So, so I... I, 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 I always always wanted to do music even from from a very very young age um and um my parents told me that i at like you know you know five and six i was asking them to get me a piano and i was always amazed at um at, at musicians and my dad uh, used to take me to great gigs i mean he, he helped me meet paul kelly when i was a really young kid you know that was amazing and um and uh yeah and, and so i was always i was always drawn to um, music, but and 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 drawn to to live performance from a really young age as well. You know, it's something that I always really wanted to be able to do. Um, and I grew up in a very very small country town of like seven thousand people. Um, and um, so you know, like I would always, um, you know, I would always be performing at you know community events and things like that because because I could, you know, it was my opportunity to be able to to, to be able to do that, or, or for classmates and things like that. It was always a really important thing. And then. Um, and, and I suppose it was probably around about, you know, I was always in bands in, in, in primary school and high school. And then, 
um, from about the age of 18 onwards. I really um, started to take it more and more seriously and moved to Perth to, to pursue music more seriously, you know, and, and that's, that was the best thing I've ever done in my life is uh, to take that step. A final question. Do you have any favourite bands or albums? Yeah, you know, like, uh, you know, I do. Um, you know, I mentioned uh, mentioned Elder to you before. Uh, um, Elder's album Lore is um, easily one of my favourite records uh, of all time. You know, I mean, and, and that's that's a modern, relatively modern record. Um, you know, like, and, and the Reflections on a Floating World as well is, a, is one of my absolute favourites. Um, Tangle Thoughts of Leaving's um, Yield to Despair album and, and No Tether were two albums which really had a profound effect on me. Um, and Drowning Horses album um, Sheltering Sky was was um, was another one which was um, yeah really really important. They were just and, and and those albums will still will still affect me that way. You know that and and those albums are important for me because of of how much they inspired the last um, you know three four years of my life. You know they just um, they really kicked it into a new direction for me and 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 really showed me that that sort of thing was possible. Um, in terms of a classic albums, um, Led Zeppelin's Physical Graffiti will always 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 be in my top five. Um, Pink Floyd's Animals record exactly the same. Um, you know, and the Beatles' Abbey Road will always be there. You know, like the, 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 those those albums, um, they are completely untouchable as far as I'm concerned. You know, and 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 I still will listen to those albums and learn something about music that I didn't know before. You know, um, it's the, they're just incredible records. You know, and 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 Pink Floyd's Animals, the song "Dogs" on it. Um, I remember I heard that when I was um, when I was 16 years old, and that was the first time that I'd really understood that you could create a lengthy artistic piece about something and make it so your audience understands. And it was always uh, an ambition of mine to be able to to be able to do that. And I would say that Pink Floyd's Animals, for me, was the biggest influence on this record that we've recently made. You know, the way that they structure their music, the way that they communicate to their audience uh, and, and, and their intent. Um, yeah, I, th I think that album is untouchable.
So that song was Forgiving, and in the middle of the interview, you heard another track called Next Earth. I'm going to finish off this episode by talking a little bit about myself, giving you an idea of the kind of bands that I'm going to be focusing on, the kind of bands I'm interested in that will therefore interview, as well as where I've come from. So I'm a former radio host. I did a couple of years at a local community radio station here in Melbourne. Um, Before that, I've always been interested in music. I've sort of mucked around the guitar, mucked around making sort of music through computers, but I've never really ever done anything quite of substance. Uh, my interest in heavy metal and kind of more broadly heavy music, which is sort of going to be my focus, heavy music loosely defined, including genres which have like a kind of heavy impact like post-rock, um, some forms of alternative rock like shoegaze, all those kinds of things. My interest in that sort of stems back, obviously, from high school. you got to get interested in music which is beyond just the, what's popular you find your own particular style that you want to listen to i started listening out to the obvious bands slipknot uh, system of down corn but then i came across bands like and this is kind of interesting because usually there's a linear sort of progression from less heavy bands to more heavy bands more extreme bands but I actually kind of got into death metal first in terms of more traditional forms of heavy metal. I got into bands like Cannibal Corpse, some of the old bands like Morbid Angel. And then I actually sort of, coming from there, starting from that point, branched out, got into got into black metal, various forms of black metal, more extreme forms of doom metal like Funeral Doom, Sludge Metal. And then I sort of retreated backwards i started to rediscover the bands i'd kind of missed in my journey like slayer yeah the thrash metal bands uh like candlemas the doom metal bands like judas priest the obvious heavy metal bands which which are classic and it's kind of interesting that i missed them it's actually a weird kind of steps for me because i actually really despite the fact that i was in death metal and you know the obnoxious form of vocals they have similar with black metal i actually found it very difficult to listen to some of the higher pitched vocals that you'd find in judas priest now i love them but for me back then it was really difficult to kind of incorporate them into the musical framework that i really liked and what actually got me over the line and sort of i don't know triggered something in my brain to reorient it from something I disliked to something that I really enjoyed was a band called Three Inches of Blood which combined kind of a thrash metal heavy metal approach with kind of a hardcore aesthetic which was really present in the vocals so you had two vocals play off against each other one um, sort of screaming doing a harsh vocals and then one which did a more traditional heavy metal vocal style which was very high pitched and something about that it sort of enabled me to put it in perspective and I know something about it it really made me enjoy it so I'm someone who enjoys music across that entire spectrum. Still big fan of early bands like Slipknot, Korn, and System of Down, but a really big fan of all the traditional styles as well as the more extreme styles. Um, in terms of genres that I'm not as big a fan of, um, I guess it would have to be something like glam metal, and as well as genres which kind of verge more off into the hard rock style. I don't know where that delineation kind of occurs, but there are bands definitely that I don't necessarily have a big appreciation for. I guess maybe something like Scorpions, where some of their music I like, where it's more heavy metal, but some of the hard rock stuff, I'm just not a really big fan of. 
So that's where I'm coming from in a general perspective, but something over the last, I don't know, five or so years that I've really been interested in is particular styles of black metal, um, the atmospheric, the depressive bands which mix the styles with post-rock. Um, I'm really big and big fan of them, so that's obviously going to be a big focus. Um, although I really started off as a death metal fan, I've always found, I've found for the last couple of years that not a lot of new death metal stuff has been interesting. You have obvious exceptions. I mean, I, I had the interview with Convulsing last week, which is a really, really good new death metal band, although his style is more broad than that. In terms of kind of a more standard style of death metal, it's really hard to find bands which are really putting out stuff which is interesting. So although I'm definitely going to be looking for death metal stuff to put out, and I'm not sort of focusing on black metal specifically, I don't know how many death metal bands I actually interview because unless they're doing something interesting, I often find it's kind of bland in a way that a lot of black metal, although it can be very standard and not very interesting, I find it has a particular aspect to it which I still enjoy even if it's not doing anything revolutionary. Now, having said that, having said something that I'm particularly interested in, something which I've sort of gone out of my way to look for, I'm going to be talking to all kinds of different bands. I think you'll see that from the bands I've already interviewed, including Omahara, Convulsing, in this interview, Skull Cave. Next week, I'm going to be having interviews that I've already done with two bands, Moondweller and Anna Pest, which I think kind of demonstrated the kind of broad interest that I have. Basically, it's all heavy bands that are doing something interesting that I'm attempting to interview. Obviously, this band's going to be more interested in doing because they kind of line up with the styles that I'm bigger fans of, but basically, it's just everyone. So yeah, that's where I stand, and that's the kind of stuff that I'm looking into. Having said that, if you've got a band or you've got a band that you're interested in, send me an email at australianhunger at gmail.com or hit me up on the Twitter at srhgbg. Definitely interested in all stuff you can send me or all your, your potential stuff if it, if it kind of swings me the right way. If you have any questions or comments, also send me that stuff, and I'm really looking forward to getting into it. This is sort of like the first episode, and it's really exciting to edit it, put it together, because it's kind of... As someone who's been planning this for a little bit, you don't necessarily know how it's going to turn out. You, the, this, the particularities of it aren't quite clear, or at least weren't quite clear to me, about how this is actually going to work. But putting together, splicing in the music, putting the bookends of my commentary on both sides of the interview, it's kind of becoming a bit more clear what it is, and I'm really enjoying it. And I hope you're enjoying it too. So I look forward to you coming on this journey with me, and thank you for listening. See ya. See ya.